Welcome to the Scap Show, everybody. It is I, your host, the one and only Carter Scappa here. And as you may know, the national championship is tonight between the Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Huskies. Number one versus number two, undefeated versus undefeated. The perfect matchup. The defense of Michigan against the offense of Washington. This game was is the perfect way to end the, the four-team college football playoffs and whatever the future landscape is. Because now, you know, Michigan is going to have a, a hard schedule coming up next year with Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA all joining the Big Ten. And this is just a preview. These two teams are actually going to play sometime next year. I don't know exactly when, but Jim Harbaugh's got his team for the third time in the playoffs. The first time in the national championship. Last two years, they had some tough losses to Georgia, a really bad loss to Georgia. And then the TCU one just slipped right away from their grasps. And also for Washington, Kalen DeBoer, he's done a really good job with the Huskies program. Got them to a 10-win season last year, and plus, and now they're undefeated. They have a really high-powered offense, led by potential Heisman, well, the Heisman runner-up, Michael Penix Jr. And we'll, start with, we'll actually start with the Huskies right now. So as I mentioned, Michael Penix Jr., Penix Jr. had a really good regular season. He threw for over 40 touchdowns on the year. He he's he, he can really run the ball, too. And in that game against Texas, he looked really good. 29 for 38, 400, 430 yards and two touchdowns. And he really did a nice job in the passing game. Found his receivers open. Did a good job making plays with his legs, too. And for the running game, they've got Dylan Johnson. Johnson's status is going to be the question for the Huskies, but that's because in the close to the end of the game, Johnson went down with an injury against against the Longhorns and it almost cost him the game because of the clock. And the one thing about Johnson is Johnson didn't have a lot of yards overall. Johnson had 21 carries, 49 yards, averaged only like maybe two, barely three point yard three yards per carry, something like that. But he did have two touchdowns, and they were the short yards touchdowns. That's what Johnson is able to do sometimes. He'll get to the very key yards you need. And I did read a report that said he is going to play, but he's not going to be 100%. So they do have Tybo Johnson, a freshman running back, who did have five carries for 19 yards in the game. But I think it's definitely going to be a loss with Johnson not in there. But that's not their main strength. Their main strength is their passing attack. They have a three-headed monster at receiver, Roma Dunze, Who's going to be a, a number, a first-round pick in the NFL draft anyway? Who had six receptions, 125 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Really great game for him. Jalen Polk also had a receiving touchdown, five catches for 122 yards. I think he went 75 yards for a touchdown early in the game. And then Jalen McMillan, five receptions, 58 yards. He also had a touchdown too. All those guys are are going to be NFL draft-worthy picks. I feel like McMillan, McMillan and Polk maybe may go in probably the, the later rounds, potentially second, third, maybe early day three, but Adunze we know is the top guy and and then not besides those two, you also got tight end Jack Westover, who had six catches for fifty nine yards. He didn't have any touchdowns in that game, but he could play a factor in this game because we know what Michigan has had some trouble stopping tight ends in the past and and then the one thing I'm really interested in is can the Huskies block this Michigan front? 
because I know Alabama's offensive line had trouble. Michigan Michigan got six sacks on that on that Alabama line, and I know the Huskies like to pass, so it's not gonna. It, they're not going to be too worried about it because I will say Texas didn't really get to Penix Jr. a lot because he because the thing is he he gets rid of the, he is such a great fastball he gets rid of it really quickly and I think the Washington offense they they've got the pieces to win this game but the way they scored on Texas I I will say the only thing I'll be concerned is if Washington does get a lead and they're trying to close it out because the way they they tried that against Texas it didn't work where they were trying to play. They were trying to play too cute, and it almost cost them the game, if I'm being honest with you. So I think Washington will need needs to be able to sustain a run game to have any shot in this one. Or they could just throw past Stouffield, but I think Michigan's secondary is much better than Texas, because Texas was somewhere ranked in, in the hundreds when it came to the coverage. Texas's run defense was good, but they had no chance to stop in Washington's passing attack. Phoenix Jr. was just throwing it up. His guys were just getting way behind that Texas secondary. And I think Washington just did a really good job on offense. They, I know they were, they, and I will say they, and their kicker definitely did his part of it when they made those big kicks at the end of the game. Washington definitely will need to pass the ball if they're going to win this game. Penix Jr., I don't think he'll have to go for 500 yards passing, but he'll definitely have to get somewhere in probably 300, close to 400 yards. Because I think, because the way these two offenses on either side plays are most are way different. Because Washington does like to score quickly on those one play scores a lot, explosive play. Some are comparing this offense to TCU. I don't see this anywhere. I don't see this anything like TCU a little bit. I think TCU wanted to be a run heavy team last year, and and then some of the injuries automatically cost them. And and I think they, they, and I'm not going to say they were lucky against Michigan, but there were a lot of things that didn't go their way. But we'll actually transition over to Washington's defense. Washington's got a pretty good defense. Braylon Trice was the MVP of the Sugar Bowl. Braylon Trice had two sacks. He'll be, he'll be a first-round pick. I hope He's a hopeful first-round pick. Probably going to be picked closer to the end of the draft. Unless, some, unless he has maybe a good combine or something. And... And he had a really nice game. He had, as I mentioned, he had two sacks. He had a couple tackles for loss. And the one thing Washington did a good job at was forcing turnovers on Texas. I think Texas might have turned the ball over maybe two or three times. I don't have it official down, but there were a couple times where Texas, I think, coughed it up and Washington managed to capitalize off the turnovers and, and turn them into points. Like, even the field goals, they were able to capitalize also. And they have a couple good linemen. Zion Tupelola is a good defensive lineman. He he was projected to be drafted last year, but he stayed an extra year. And I think he'll still get drafted probably somewhere in in a day two, maybe day three pick. They've got linebacker Edefawan Falacio. He's the leader of that of that linebacking core. And then the main guy who was who actually had the had the game the game ending breakup, Elijah Jackson, the junior Defensive back, Washington secondary did held up their own. Almost, almost defense almost cost them the game at the end. But their defense managed managed to get the stuff they need. Their defense may not be may not be actually ranked that high, but but the thing is, they know how to how to get stops. But their problem will be is stopping the run. I'm a little surprised Texas didn't run the ball more than they did because Texas had 
was averaging maybe six or seven yards per carry. And, they, and their running backs, I know they're freshmen and sophomores, but they only got around, they only got like maybe nine carries between, nine, only 18 carries between both their running backs. It was a little surprising that Texas abandoned their run game against the Huskies, right? But, and I think, and I think this Michigan front, I don't know if it's better than Texas. I think it's a little, I think the Michigan pass rushing overall is better than Texas. Texas has that, well, I think Michigan's offensive line may be slightly better, maybe when they're fully healthy, healthy, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Washington also will need to, and I think they'll do a good job blocking for Penix, and Penix will be able to make some things happen with his legs. And and all of his guys, I think it's, their other receiver, Jeremy Bernard, also had a couple catches too. He's only a sophomore. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he had a couple catches. I think he had, I think he, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it was five receptions for 49 yards. Great game from him. And I just, and I think if Dylan Johnson does play, that was probably going to be the, I think if Dylan Johnson didn't play, it wouldn't be too much of an impact, but it definitely would, would have Michigan's opinion on the running game because Michigan We'll probably have to worry about blitzing a little bit more if Johnson's going to play. And I do think, and I do think the the Huskies are able to hold their own. Huskies can definitely score. Like I don't think Michigan's going to be able to absolutely neutralize Washington because I know everybody says defense wins championships and all that, but this Huskies offense is something is something different than most offenses we've seen in college football. I know LSU had that really good offense with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. They had, there's a lot, Oklahoma's had some good offenses in the past, even Alabama, you could say. And I think Washington should, should do some, should do some damage. I don't know if it'll be enough, but now we're going to transition over to Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh, third time, third time in the college football playoffs, third time looking for a national championship. They just won their first college football playoff game last Last game in the Rose Bowl over over Alabama, 27-20 in overtime. And the t- MVP of the game was J.J. McCarthy, their quarterback. He's been the starter for the last two years. Well, he's been the starters since last year ap- after winning the quarterback competition. Uh, during the, the game, he had 221 yards and three touchdowns passing. They looked a little slow early on, and I think it, al- it almost cost them. And but, and then the running back Blake Corum, 19 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. He averaged about four yards per. He averaged around four yards per carry, but also had a big receiving touchdown that was key. Two receptions for 35 yards and then a, a touchdown. Their other back Donovan Edwards was a little quiet, but I think Edwards will be more of an impact, an impact game changer in the in this national championship game. Edwards had only four carries for 11 yards, and I know. During Blake Corum's absence, I think it was last year, Donovan Edwards did. Donovan Edwards had a great playoff game against TCU, and then had a nice game against Ohio State last season. And even though like Edwards was quiet in this Alabama game, Edwards will—he's a good back, and he'll definitely—he should probably show up for the championship game. And then for Michigan's receivers, their receivers—I'll say this—are nowhere as good as Washington. Maybe one guy will start. And that's Roman Wilson, their top guy from the game. Four receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. Wilson's a really is is their top guy. He'll probably I I think he'll be like a later draft pick. None of their other guys will. Cornelius Johnson, who's a senior, he's got he had two catches for 12 yards. But their other receiver, Tyler Morris, had a nice had a 
pretty nice game. Two receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. He did have a nice nice catch against Alabama. And then the big one is going to be their sophomore tight end, Colton Loveless. Colton Loveless had two, was a little quiet in that Rose Bowl game, but he's definitely one of their better players. Two catches for 13 yards. Colton Loveless is literally good enough. To, I think I think he could start on, on Washington's team if he were there, but like as I would say, the two guys that would start at any skill position for those ones would be Wilson and Loveless, but I just want to see how Washington's secondary can hold up against this Michigan secondary. Because Michigan wants to, as I've heard before from analysts, they've said Michigan's like a boa constrictor. They just want to keep running the ball at you, running the ball at you until they give out, and then they'll get a big play. And then at that point, you're pretty much tired and you have no chance. And then I do, the only big injury for them is Zach's entered the offensive lineman who's been there for a while. He would have been probably an early NFL draft pick. Somewhere in the first, somewhere in the in in rounds two and three, but I'm looking. This is could be an interesting factor that I did look at. Alex Orgy, the backup quarterback, is going to be. He didn't do too much in the Rose Bowl game. He's more of a. He was in more of a role that McCarthy was in a long time ago when Cade McNamara was the quarterback of Michigan when they made the when they made their first playoff game playoff appearance. Alex Orgy is playing the role of McCarthy where he can throw. He'll line up in the backfield and he'll make some plays for you. For you. And I think he's good. And I think he, and he's a big guy. He isn't like a little guy. Like they were almost comparing a couple, there's been a couple quarterbacks who have been similar to him. And the interesting factor is going to be if can Washington stop him if he's in the backfield, will they be able to identify what he's going to do? Because he can run, McCarthy can run, and I know Washington did have some trouble stopping Quinn Ewers' running running style in the last game. But but the thing is, Michigan may want this to be a low. Michigan may want to try to play the type of football where they want to limit Washington's offensive possessions. They want to try to control the clock, control that game clock, run the clock down, and not allow the Huskies to have a lot of offensive time. I want, I'm guessing they want to probably try to hold it from like maybe if it's 60 minutes, I want to say they want to hold maybe Washington to under like barely over 20, 20 minutes of total offense maybe. Maybe even less than that. That's how I feel like Michigan wants to try to play this style of offense here. And but now we'll transfer, but we'll move over to Michigan's strength of their team. The defense. Michigan's defense is one of the best in the country. Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham are the top are their top two linemen. Graham was was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. The the key factor stat from that game, six sacks they they got Alabama. And you don't look at that a lot. Alabama I don't know Al, and I know Alabama's center was snapping the ball had some pretty bad snaps at times. I will admit that. He's not he's not the best line line lineman. That is the reason he's transferring out and and I do think that the Huskies should be able to get some penetration on them. And I don't know because Michigan did have some trouble stopping Jalen Milrow, but Milrow's going to be Milrow's got the body of an NFL quarterback, I think. So I think so. There's no really there's I don't think there's really any shame in that in that kind of in that in that which and they did, but they were able to get a key, get the key stops on them. 
when it counted. And I think Michael Barrett and Junior Colson, the two linebackers, will be key factors in the game. Because their linebacking court, Michigan has had some good, has been really good in the past at developing linebacker, at developing defensive players. I, I don't even know how many are in the NFL right now, but there's definitely a bunch of them. And then, but I think the the big one's going to be how does Michigan's corners do against Washington's corners? Rod Moore, Will Johnson, and Mike Sainstrill are all are all good secondary guys. Moore and Wilson didn't do they did a decent job again. They did a they were able to s- slow down Marvin Harrison Jr. a little bit when Michigan played them. Ohio State because Harrison didn't have an absolute crazy game. Rod Moore had the game at game-ending interception. Michigan, Michigan, I don't think they had, I don't think Jalen Milrow had any picks in the game. Milrow didn't throw a whole lot. Like, Milrow barely even had 100 receiving passing yards, because Alabama's receivers, because Washington's receivers are way better than Alabama's receivers. No offense to Alabama, but Alabama doesn't have the receiving core like they used to, where they have uh, Calvin Ridley, Jamison Williams, Devontae Smith, Waddle, or so where they don't have that one single deep threat. They don't have that, like, guy who's going to absolutely beat you downfield that you got to worry about so much with with all talent-wise. Alabama had more possession. That's almost like how Alabama was last year, where they had a lot of possession receivers, but they didn't have any absolute deep, deep threat guys. So I think Michigan, Michigan may get beat, like, once, may get, there will be because we know Washington will take their shots downfield. They want to do that. They always love taking their shots downfield. And for the national championship, I, I will have some predictions coming up later. But I think in this one, it's just it's going to be interesting because I think I want to see if can Michigan get pressure on Michael Penix Jr. for some bad throws, maybe even get a couple, maybe get a turnover or two. Because I think if they neutralize that run game, they'll. That's going to be their biggest thing. If they neutralize, they should be able to neutralize the run game. I don't think Johnson or Rogers will do too much. Will do too much damage to them if they are man. If they do manage to to contain those two guys, then it's going to be the big one is is containing that that Michigan passing attack, that Washington passing attack, and and I know Adunze is going to be the big one to to look out for. He'll be he'll be the guy that they'll need to to really slow down. Because I don't think they're going to stop him, but I just think they can maybe slow him down. Don't let him get any absolute giant plays on him. Keep everything in front of you. Don't give up the long ball and and let Washington get hot. Because if they get hot on offense, it could be a long night for Michigan. And for the Michigan, I think the big, and then another factor that almost lost Michigan the game last time, special teams. Michigan had a couple botched snaps they had. And um okay, Michigan had a couple fumbled fumbled punts attempts. Michigan had two muffed punts and a bobbled snap on on field goal attempts. And it almost lost them the game because Alabama scored on one of those on on the muffed punt or in the first quarter. And then Michigan also gave up a what what was it? A um Michigan muffed the punt at the end of the game with under 30 seconds to go, and they had the ball at the two-yard line. Luckily, they managed to recover, and you're just saying to yourself, this is a tough spot here for, like, Michigan, this game's not over yet. Like, this is going to get interesting here with with 
how they choose to play this out because they can't because maybe you were thinking they could drive down and potentially get a field goal. Now you're just thinking get out of the end zone here. So I think Michigan was able to do a good job, like recovering from that. But and then but those but those kicks are going to be interesting factors because Washington may did a. I will say this: Washington did have one muffed punt in that game against Texas, but their their kicking unit was on point all game. And Michigan's kicking kicking unit had a missed field goal at one point in the game, and I just want to see if if which team is could ego could play a factor because Michigan at times did look like they tried to play too cute. So did Washington. Like Michigan tried tried to run a couple trick plays like a flea flicker and stuff. They tried to run some quarterback quarterback options with with Orgy in there. And then I remember last year. In the TCU game, Michigan tried to run all this like fullback die, Philly special stuff. And it's like just play football here and try to and try to win, dominate the line of scrimmage. So I think this is what Michigan is gonna. Michigan's gonna have to just do that. Like don't try to be care. Don't try to be all cute and stuff. Play regular football. You know you're the better team. And don't do anything just stupid. And I'd say the same with Washington. If you wanna, if you wanna try to win this game, try to try to. Establish a run game and be able to. If you have a lead, try to be able to run the ball and make sure to be able to choose some clock too. That's why. That's what I think is going to be the. That's what I think is going to be the factor. Special teams and then whose ego, whose ego could get the best of them in this game. And now we'll go with the predictions here. So it's in Energy Stadium, neutral site. There's not a lot of cold, so no one really has has an advantage because you know Michigan would have the advantage if it's cold, if we're playing a, a night a night game that's cold out. I think the Huskies are definitely going to ha- get some, some going on offense. I think I think Michigan's going to start out with a field goal or something early on. Washington is going to come back and score. I think. Adunze is going to establish himself early with a big catch, and then Dylan Johnson runs in for a touchdown. And then Michigan starts waking up a little bit, and they get a couple. They get the ball moving a little bit. Don't, and I think Blake Corum scores a touchdown, and it's. And I think when we get to the halftime, it's probably, Mich- I think it's Michigan, seventeen, Washington fourteen. I think the Huskies do manage to get to get to get a field goal, tie it up at seventeen. Both teams, both teams trade trade touchdowns and field goals. I think McCarthy finds an open. Play. I think Blake Corum punches another one. McCarthy manages to. This one's actually. I, I think McCarthy finds Colton Loveless for a big touchdown. And I and at that point the score is is 27-27. because and I think Washington finds a way to get in the end zone along with that. Johnson has a rush has. Has two rushing touchdowns, and then I think Penix does manage to find Jalen Polk for a touchdown. And the last one of the game, I think it's it, it does go to Blake Corum. Corum punches it in with under with under a minute to go. Washington has to drive down the field; they can't get it. And I think the Michigan Wolverines find a way to win the game. I think thirty-four twenty-seven is my prediction final. I think the MVP would go to Blake Corum, and linebacker Junior Colson would be the MVP for for. The defense, because I think both defenses have some. Both defenses in the first half start showing a little bit, but then I think the second half is when the offenses start start clicking for both sides. 
And I think it's it was almost one of those scenarios like, all right, whoever gets the ball last, whoever gets the ball last and, and does it with enough time is going to win the game. But I think Michigan's defense is going to step up more than Washington's will, and I think it'll bring them home a national championship. And then maybe Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL or something. So that's about all I got for this one. So be sure to turn into the games, tune into the game tonight. I think it starts around eight o'clock. So thank you for listening to the Scap Show. I am your host, the one only Carter Scappa. Our next episode um, will probably be sometime next week. Maybe later in the week we'll see what happens. And I will see you guys next time. So thanks for listening. See you all later.